Good morning, Faith Builders Church. It is so great to be coming into your home once again. Boy, it's so strange that we have to do it this way, but I tell you what, one more week online, and then we're back together as a church family again. And I'm so excited because next week, two amazing things are happening. Number one, you're going to be able to see the brand new parking lot, and it is pretty and it is safe and we are so excited that we don't have to worry about anybody being hurt or stumbling or falling and it is just incredible but also we have if you haven't heard the news yet drum roll please Bishop and Pastor Gloria are going to be in the house, and I am so excited. I have such an expectancy within my spirit. I believe the timing of their visit is right in the will of God. Our covering is going to come, and they're going to position us in this direction of the Holy Spirit and this revival and this move. As I was praying over their visit, I saw them with a, a torch in their hand, and they're going to light a fire here in our church. And so I want you, if you haven't been back to church yet. Let's get here next Sunday. We have two services, 9 and 1030, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for the sick. We want to prophesy. We want just a powerful move of God. So make sure that you get here. And then afterwards at the 1030 service, we're going to hang out. We're going to have some food for you, some fellowship. You get to hang out with your friends and family, and then you'll get to visit Bishop and Pastor Gloria for a little while. So let's get excited for next Sunday. Amen. But I'm excited about today. I'm glad you're with me and I hope you're ready for a word from God. Get your Bibles out and your notebooks out and I'm going to just share what the Lord has put in my heart. This morning I'm taking a break from our series that we've been doing and I've really loved our series. Um, but today I'm going to do a little different topic and then we'll jump back in to our series when we get back together in a couple weeks. But I'm going to encourage you today. Um, the Lord really spoke to my heart that there's many of us that are dealing with discouragement. And I'm going to talk to you about how to overcome discouragements in our life. And I also want to teach you how discouragement gets into our hearts. I believe that God is calling his people, the kids, the children of Christ, to resurrect our dreams and desires. I think God wants us to get excited in this season, get our dreams active. You know, there may have been disappointments in our life. There may have been letdowns, and maybe there was a dead end, or God had to reroute situations in your life. That's okay, because God's grace is sufficient for us, amen? And God can make a way where there seems to be no way. And as I was putting this together, I just heard the Lord say so loud, tell them to resurrect resurrect their desires. What are you believing God for? What is the miracle that you need in your life? This is the year of miracles. I know like the world we're living in, it doesn't seem like it is, but God is in the middle of everything. And it's time to get excited, get our passion going again. And listen, we have to let go of discouragement. And I want to teach you today what that looks like and how we're going to do that. Amen. And then I'm going to pray for you at the end of our time together. And I believe this heaviness that's on your heart that's come in, that God's going to set you free today and you're going to experience the joy of the Lord once again. 
So in our life, what happens is we have expectations maybe in relationships, in friendship. Maybe we have an expectation in our local church and in in our friendships in the church or things that we're believing God for. And it doesn't go the way that we thought it would go. How many has that ever happened to you before? I can lift both hands because it's true to me. And what happens is we get disappointed And we maybe wonder, why did that happen? And and why didn't the miracle come through? And why did somebody betray me? And we have all these things and these questions of wondering why. And it's right there at that moment where you feel disappointed that we have to grasp the word of God. We got to grasp the power of God to allow his freedom to come in in that area of disappointment and say, you know what, God, you are God of all. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You sit on the throne. Your word is yes, and your word is amen. And if we can grab faith at the first point of disappointment, it will not lead us down this road of devastation. Because if you allow disappointment to brew within your heart, the enemy will make sure that you see disappointment everywhere. And what happens when you don't let go of disappointment, it goes to discouragement. See, we all get disappointed. I've been disappointed in my walk with God. I've been disappointed in friendships and relationships. But I've learned to let it go and allow God to be God in the middle of that thing. But if you don't, now it settles deeper within our heart. Once I'm disappointed, it settles deeper within my heart. Now I've entered into discouragement. And when you're discouraged, you feel defeated. And all of a sudden, you begin to see things Everything negative, because the enemy will make sure of that. Plus, you've got this veil of disappointment and discouragement in, your, in the way that you see things. So you're never really going to see things clearly. You're always going to see them through your disappointment and your discouragement. And when you have discouragement within your soul, that is the open playground for the enemy to come and to steal from your life. Still godly friendships, still godly relationships, godly connections. Enemy will rip people out of places that they belong in because we've had discouragement that comes against us. And then what happens when we allow discouragement to settle in our soul and we don't allow the love of God and the forgiveness of God to come in, we enter into a place of devastation. And devastation is a place that is so painful. And I've seen so many people in my walk of faith and in my time serving God that they get so devastated in a situation that some will leave the faith, some will leave the local church, they'll abandon everything because this devastation set within their heart that became so painful that they didn't know how to find their way back. But there's also believers that remain in service, they remain in serving, but they still are in this place of devastation and pain that God wants to free you out of, get you back to the place you need to be, get your hope back, get your joy back. This is the season we need to activate our faith, amen. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is within 
in you. So we as Christ followers, we have to lay hands on ourselves and we have to say, Spirit of God on the inside of me, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to rise up. My dreams are coming forward. My faith is coming back. My hope is coming back. I'm decreeing the favor of the Lord to be on my side. Come on, somebody. Let's shout amen this morning. It's time to let go of the disappointment. Maybe somebody disappointed you. Maybe some circumstance disappointed you. And, and you can say in this very moment, you can pinpoint, that's what disappointed me. That's the thing. The Lord says, you know what? Let's get it out of the way. Let's, let's put it out of our life and let's look unto Jesus and say, you know what, God? I'm going to shake that thing off. I'm going to put it in my past. I'm going to get my eyes back on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I'm going to begin to see what God sees. I'm going to get in the word and see what the word of God has to say in my life. And I'm going to get back in faith. Amen. Why? Because God has not called us as Christ followers to live in disappointment. God has not called us to live in discouragement, and he's definitely not called us to live in devastation. We have to learn to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's look at a few steps today. How do we find our way out of discouragement? It's not always easy, but when you learn these principles, you'll be able to get your way back to faith. So number one this morning, how do we find our way out of discouragement? Number one, you have to pull on the anointing and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You've been anointed by God, and you have the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of you. And we have to learn to pull on that anointing. So let's look this morning at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This is so powerful. Listen, it is not God's will for us to be oppressed by the spirit of discouragement. Amen. God's word gives us victory over everything that we're going through. So Acts 10.38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. Listen, that same Holy Ghost that anointed Jesus in his baptism and he was filled with the power of God is the same Holy Ghost and the power that lives in you and moves through you. Amen. And when you get that remembrance, when you are, uh, have this faith that I do have God's power in me to overcome, you will begin to move in and walk in that faith of the anointing and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then it goes on to say this, um, who went about doing good. So what happens when you know that you have the anointing and you've got the Holy Spirit, no longer are you looking at the negative things or the discouragement or the people that did you wrong and all the offenses that are in the world today. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I know that, I can go around doing good. I can still hold my head up high. I can still know that God is my redeemer. I can still know that he is going to restore me and he can vindicate me. I don't have to run around vindicating myself. Somebody take that for your word from the Lord today. Repeat after me. Say, I don't have to 
vindicate myself. Let's shake it off. Amen. Let's shake it off. We'll let God do the vindication. You don't have to fight your fight. You let God fight your battle for you while you're worshiping him, while you're freeing him, while your joy is being restored, while you're activating your faith again. God is going to make sure the enemy is defeated. Amen. So what? Now I have the Holy Ghost. I've got the anointing in my life. I'm doing good. And listen, it went on to say, and he healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That means now the power of God is working through you when the enemy is working against you. Woo, somebody needs to write that down. The power of God is working through you while the enemy is working against you. And that happens when a believer knows that I've got the Holy Spirit and I've got the anointing of God to overcome whatever feeling I have, whatever disappointment I have. I can step into the Holy Ghost power and I can walk as his sons and daughters through anything that is being thrown my way. The rest of that verse goes on to say, for God was with him. Listen, God is with you today. He loves you. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you've been wronged. He knows where you've been disappointed. He knows where you lost your way. And it is okay because he is with you. Do you know what discouragement really is? The word discouragement means this. It's a non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations. Discouragement is non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations. And every one of us listening, including myself, have been discouraged because we haven't seen what we want God to do in our life. Amen. But God doesn't want us to live oppressed by disappointment. He wants us to walk by faith and not by what we see. Amen. Let's look at 1 John 4, verses 1 through 4. And it says this. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Listen, there are many spirits right now working in this world. There are many spirits working in the church, and not just faith builders, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because people haven't had their pastors. They haven't been gathering together for months and now there's been all these sheep out there without a shepherd to protect them so listen the enemy is going to be there so if there are voices or things we're watching or listening to that is bringing discouragement that is making us be critical that makes us feel judgmental against other people the bible says to what beware right test every spirit because not every spirit is of God. Somebody can have a right word, right? They can say the same word I'm saying, but their spirit can be critical. Their spirit can be uh, judgmental or condemning, but God has not called us to walk in judgment of others. God has called us to walk in love and humility. And so he says, test every spirit because not everyone is of God. I believe that there's a time we're living in that you cannot listen to every voice that's out there. I, it doesn't matter if they have 10,000 followers and it, they have all this yes and amen. You have to test the spirit because not every voice is going to have the voice of the true God. 
especially as we're nearing these, the, the days of the last times where Jesus is coming back again. We've got to be wise as serpents in this season. Amen. So test him. Weigh it out. If I'm being critical and I'm judging other people, maybe that's not really the voice of God. And that's bringing discouragement not only to my own soul, that if I'm listening to it, but I'm going to bring that discouragement to other people without even realizing it. So test the spirits. Uh, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Verse 2, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come of the flesh is of God. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Verse 4, this is our, our verse of hope. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. It doesn't matter what bad report comes. It doesn't matter what the news has to say. Sometimes we just need to get out of the news, get in the good news, amen, and get my faith activated again. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Christ's followers, we're above this world in our spiritual stance. Amen. Everything is under our feet. The enemy's under my feet. Discouragement's under my feet. Fear is under my feet. Loss is under my feet. And I'm going to put it back where it belongs. I'm not going to live in the same level that the world wants me to abide in. I'm going to abide in the vine, which is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live in victory that God has called us to live in. Verse 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Praise God. Greater is he that's in you. The enemy is not greater. He's a bully. He's a liar. He's an intimidator. And he will use people around us to try to bring us down. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. Listen, our battle is not people. Our battle is not um, situ or people in your jobs or your family members. Our battle is the enemy. And the good news is he's been defeated. Thank you, Jesus. So how do I overcome discouragement? I know I have the anointing and I have the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and the greater one of the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Number two, how do we overcome? We're going to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. And that's in 1 Timothy. And I'm, I'm going to get to that scripture in just a minute. We're going to break down a couple verses. But I want to look at that statement right there. Fight the good fight of faith. And as I looked, as I studied the word fight, good, and fight, I thought for sure the word fight, the good fight, those two words fight, was going to be the same definition. Um, you know, yeah, definition. And as I looked at it, that word first, the first word fight says this, to contend with an adversary. Now that makes sense. We contend with the adversary. Now remember, my adversary is not people. Come on. My adversary is not really what I'm looking at. Whatever offended me, whatever is in front of me, my adversary is the enemy. So that's what I'm contending with is this adversary, the enemy. And it says fight the good. And that word good was so amazing. It had tons of definitions, but I picked out a couple of them, and it meant beautiful, uh, beautiful to look at and approved. 
Do you know that when you're fighting the adversary and you know you have the anointing on the inside of you and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, when you're fighting your adversary, you are beautiful to look at. Amen? You're approved by God. The only time that we get defeated is when I'm trying to fight a spiritual battle in the natural. And then sometimes that isn't so pretty. But when I'm fighting it and standing in who I am, I'm going to look beautiful to, to be seen. I'm going to be approved by God. And my faith, standing in my position in Christ, is going to get the attention of God and that adversary that I need pushed out of my life, that antagonizing spirit right, that keeps antagonizing me in my mind and my emotions, I'm able to, now God is able to push that away because my faith is activated. I'm fighting my adversary by faith, and I look good. And then it goes on to say, fight the good fight of faith. That second word fight there means an assembly in a stadium. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird, God. What, what does that mean, fight in a stadium, and then I realized the Lord is saying that in front of everyone, in front of people, you're going to fight your adversary and you're going to look good. That means who's ever around in your life, your friends, your family, they may think you're crazy. They may be looking on in this fight or battle you're going through, but they're going to look on you and they're going to see the beauty of God. They're going to see the love of God. They're going to see the joy of God in your life. And they're going to wonder how can they go through what they've been going through and still be happy and still look good. How do we do that? I have the anointing. And I've got the Holy Spirit. How great is God. So let's look at 1 Timothy. And we're going to go to uh, chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses, no, 1 Timothy 6. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 12. And it says this. But you, O man of God, flee those things, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So what is that scripture verse saying? It's saying, but you flee these things. Flee the things that you're offended by. Flee the things that you're disappointed by. Flee the things that the adversary is trying to get you to focus on, right? Let's just get away from those things, and I'm going to pursue righteousness, godliness. I'm going to pursue faith, love, patience, and gentleness, there's our, our hope from God. That's fighting the good fight of faith because I'm going to pursue the things of the kingdom and I'm not running after the things that bring disappointment in my life. Amen? That word um, uh, means there even-tempered, balanced in spirit. The word gentleness, even-tempered, balanced in spirit, and my passion is under control. Do you see how discouragement comes in under authority of the pursuing of faith and gentleness of God. So when I'm pursuing the things of God, it will bring me even-tempered. It'll cause the fear to subside, the anxiety, those things that are overwhelming me by the world. I am now calmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm balanced in my spirit. I'm not accusing others, right? I'm not offended easily because I've balanced my spirit. And my passion is under control. 
the things that's making you all fiery right now, you know. There's nothing wrong with that, but we're bringing them under control. It's the same word, meekness, but I'm bringing it under control. <clears throat> People that have these qualities in their life, if you want to know if you have um, the submission to the presence of God of your discouragement, this is how you will know. You will forgive people that have hurt you. That's a hard one. You're going to let go of the past. See, when you've learned to submit to the presence of God, the anointing and the Holy Spirit, fighting the good fight of faith, that what will be exemplified in my life will be I, I can forgive other people. I can forgive people who have wronged me. Maybe they wronged you on purpose, and maybe they didn't. Sometimes hurts come and they're misunderstood. But what's important is that we're surrendering to God, and I can, I can forgive easily. It may not happen right away, but I'm pursuing that in faith. I can correct my own faults. See, there's things in our lives that we need to correct. We, it's so easy to look at all the negative things and point, well, if that would change, if they would change, if they would be different, if yada, we're pointing all these fingers. And a submitted heart, gentleness, meekness is power under control, says, God, what do I need to fix? What do I need to correct? What are you instructing me in this season where I've been disappointed? Maybe there is a root there that I didn't realize was there, but, Lord, I give you permission. Search my heart, oh, God. You guys know I pray this all the time. Search my heart, oh, God, and make it ever true. Search my heart, oh, God, and make it more like you. So our, our love relationship to God says, search me, God. I give you permission. If there's any hidden discouragement, any hidden disappointment, any hidden devastation that I've been running on this um, merry-go-round of, you know, it's like your life is just set on that, that level and it just keeps running on it. And you don't even realize it. Lord, search it because I'm ready to let that go. Let's let those things go today and look to what Jesus has. So, Lord, what do you want to get out of me? And number two, you'll rule your spirit. This is where you will rule your spirit, and you will have that power under control. It's a good thing, but we have to fight the good fight of faith, right? The good fight is the one we win. Somebody say amen. We win every time. There may be a little battle, but I'm telling you, the end of the story is already written. You win because of Jesus in your life, right? We want to, it, uh, when we are empowered, by the Holy Spirit, we prevent negative emotions from pulling us into dark places. Amen. When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, we prevent our negative emotions from pulling us into dark places. And what's in the dark places? Pain and suffering. And none of us want to go there. But for some reason, we allow ourselves, we give ourselves permission to go into pain and now we have to step back into Jesus and say, I'm giving myself permission to go back into joy. I'm going to give every day, up every day, and I'm going to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to get up every day, and I have to, if I have to forgive that person 50 times throughout the day because I feel these negative emotions, I'm going to forgive them 50 times. I had a time where I had to forgive someone. I literally had to put love scriptures on index cards in my car. And any time I would feel that remembrance of that, what that person did to me, I would speak the love scriptures over myself, the love scriptures over that person until I found victory. I wasn't going to ignore that I was hurt and offended, but I was going to tackle it. I was pursuing it by faith to get that out of my emotions, right? 
get it back into alignment. So you have to fight that good fight of faith, but you win if you do that. You have to choose it. It's almost like you have to rewire your brain to think the joy of the Lord, the forgiveness of God, because we've been so conditioned to think this negative way. Now I'm going to think the good ways, the goodness of God. God says this in uh, Matthew 11. This is so awesome. He says this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think I want to open that scripture verse up. I originally wasn't going to do it, but I do want to do that. Matthew 11, we'll go quickly to verse 28 and through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I didn't have it marked all pretty because I wasn't going to go there. But Okay, here it is. Come to me. So glad I opened this verse. Jesus is saying this to you. Come to me. Hey, listen, I just got this revelation for you. It doesn't say go to your friends. It doesn't say go to your coworkers or your church members or even sometimes your spouse. Because we can brew this contention in our home, can't we? But Jesus said, come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What a great verse. Rest is not when you're discouraged and turmoiled and frustrated and wringing your hands and all those things. Jesus is saying, I want to peace that thing. Remember when Jesus stepped out to the boat and they were worried and the, the contrite winds were coming and the disciples were so afraid. And Jesus just stood up and he said, shh. He said, shh. It's that easy. That torment of your soul, just say, shh, no, I'm choosing Jesus. I'm going to choose rest. I have to go to Jesus. Come to me, all you who are labor, you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my yoke upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, what are you yoked to today? Are you yoked to your discouragement? Yoke is when you put a mule, two mules together and they're yoked, so they're forced to go in the same direction. There's no way to separate because there's this yoke that's been chained upon them. So if you're yoked to the heaviness of the world and you're yoked to feeling like this world is devastated, or you're yoked to your offense, you may want to get away, but your offense and all that's going to lead the way. And Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. Anything that you feel heavy, anything you feel responsible for, anything that is overwhelming you is not the yoke of the Father. That's the yoke of our flesh and us wanting to handle it ourselves. Jesus said, give that away to me. Amen. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you're going to find rest in your souls. It's time to find rest. Jesus said in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know how that's possible in the natural, but I can tell you what, I have walked through many storms in my life that should have laid me down. I met with a, a friend one day, and I was sharing some of her, my journey with her and some devastations and some disappointments in my life that I, I went through. And she said, my God, she said, I don't know how you're not dead. And I said, I don't know how either. All I can know is the grace of God. See, life's going to try to choke us out. 
But when you know Jesus, he will cause you to walk right through that storm with his grace and his mercy. And you'll have joy while you're doing it. We need to get that back into our hearts. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what have we learned so far? Number one, it's the anointing and the Holy Spirit that gets me through. Number two, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. And number three, I want you to say this out loud. Say, it's up to me. It's up to you. You have to be willing to put your shoes of faith on because I can't put them on for you. Nobody else can put them on for you. We have to put on our own shoes of faith. Step up and say, now's the time. And I want to read this quick story to you. And I really encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter because I'm only going to read a few verses for you. But in 2 Kings verse 7, 3 through 5, it says this. And there were four leprous men at the entering in, in of the gate. Now listen, remember the lepers could not go into the city because they were condemned out to the wall of the city because of their disease. And they said to one another, why sit here until we die? They figured it out. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine in this city, we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. In other words, wherever we go, we're probably going to die. So why are we still sitting here? Now, therefore, come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. The Syrians had taken the city captive. So they didn't want to go into the city because they'd be taken captive and possibly killed. But at this point, they're saying, well, which is worse? Let's become captive and maybe at least we'll get some food. They weren't sure. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, but shall die. We, we but shall die. But they're thinking we're going to die anyway. So if we're going to die anyway, how about we get up and at least go try something that we haven't been doing? Are you kind of getting where this story is going? And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Now this story is so incredible because the very thing that they were terrified of, they were sitting behind this wall, they were going to die, and they decided one day, I'm going to get out of this position that I'm in, and I have to choose by faith to go somewhere else. See, when you're coming out of offense, when you're coming out of disappointment and discouragement, it is hard because you don't know where that walk of faith is going to take you. You don't know if you're going to end up just as discouraged again, just as disappointed again. But what happened is they didn't realize that the Syrians had heard the, the chariots coming down the road, which is too long to go into. They had abandoned their, te their, their tents. They left all their animals. They left their tents intact. They left all their goods, all their food, and all their wealth. The enemy had scattered, but the men with leprosy didn't know that, wouldn't know that, unless they got up and decided to make a change. And they went into this city, and they ate, and they took some goods, and they took it outside the wall. And then when they were finished eating, they went back in and took some more food and took some more goods and went back outside the city. And then they ended up telling the king, and the story was rerouted so great for them. But listen, we have to not just sit back and wish that things change. We can't just uh, sit, um, have wishful thinking 
hoping that my life is going to change and be different. No, we got to get up. We got to say, I'm going to have positive change. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to declare the word of God. I'm going to stand up in the Holy Spirit and I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to forgive my brother and sister by faith. I'm going to forgive that offense by faith. Why? Because I don't know what the next, on the other side of that wall is. But if I'm trusting God and I'm in God, I can tell you it's full recovery. It's full restoration. It is everything that God has designed for you because God will never leave his kids hanging. He will always meet you at your place of faith. Amen. Psalms 42.5. Why so why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. It's time to praise him for who he is. And my last point this morning, and I'm not even going to go do a verse. We're going to wrap it up because I know you know this story. But the last one is number four. We're going to trust God. Amen. We're going to trust God. When Peter got out of that boat, he could have sat on that boat with wishful thinking. I wish I could walk out to Jesus. Man, I really want to walk out to Jesus. He probably had that excitement on the inside of him. But what did he do? He got out of the boat. Just like I said in the last point, you got to do something. Get out of that boat. Look to Jesus. Walk on that water. Amen. Walk on that same water that tried to discourage you, overwhelm you, put fear in your heart. As long as you keep looking unto Jesus, you will walk on that situation and you will be given to the Lord. Amen. God is on your side and he loves you. Let's give a praise this morning. Just praise him right where you're at. God, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for this great word. I want you to receive this prayer as I pray today. Lord, I thank you that the discouragements, Father God, and the heavy hearts has to go in the name of Jesus. Father, we break that spirit of discouragement, those offenses, the critical spirit, Father God, the judgments against other people. I command it to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we're going to let it go. I want you to lift your hands up this morning and surrender and say, God, I'm letting it go. I'm letting go of discouragement. I'm letting go of disappointment. I'm letting go of devastation. I'm letting go of offense in the name of Jesus. And I receive the grace of God right now, the hope of God. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is stirring up on the inside of us right now. I just see, if you receive it right now, I see the gift of faith coming up in you. I see the igniting and the passion and the joy of the Lord coming back up in you. God has been prophesying for the last three Sundays. My spirit has been saying, joy is coming back to you. Joy of the Lord is coming back to your house. Amen. Not something the world can give, but only something that the presence of God can give in your life. Amen. I want to take this opportunity for anyone who's watching right now that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Maybe you're a prodigal son and daughter and you've lost your way. Like I said earlier, you got away because of discouragement and you've pulled away from the house of the Lord. God is calling the prodigal sons and daughters home. I know that with everything within me. God is calling you home. But you have to submit back to the presence of the Lord and allow him to come and be the Lord of your life. Amen. So I want us to say this prayer today. And I know many, many 
are going to mean this with all of your heart. Just confess wherever you're at. Maybe you're at your job and you can just say it under your voice a little bit or just mean it within your heart. God knows. So say, say this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart, Lord. You are my Lord and Savior. I'm coming home. I'm surrendering. Lord, you're a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And I receive that free gift in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, if you said that prayer this morning, I want you to click on that link that's going to show up in this feed. Let us know you received Jesus. Let us know if you need a Bible. Let us know if you need prayer. We're coming back together, church next Sunday. We'll have open doors from now until eternity. So you can come on in and get prayer here at church or have discipleship programs for you and so much as we close out the rest of this year. So many great things. So I love you all. God bless you. And we'll see you next Sunday.